Hello and welcome to Taxed and Wasted by the Australian Taxpayers Alliance. I'm your host, Emilio Garcia. This is the first episode that is not Corona Break uh, edition. Uh, we think as things are slowly returning to normalcy, more and more stories in the news and more and more of the things that come up on our news feeds on Facebook and Twitter are not about coronavirus, so we don't need that break. So we're bringing it back to tax, regulation, and waste, things that we think are really important uh, to our followers and to our uh, supporters. So we're going to talk really quickly now about the $60 billion uh, JobKeeper shortfall. Now, a lot of people were really upset that the government overestimated the amount of money that they were going to need for this JobKeeper program. Uh, and this led, this prompted this ABC article that says, um, 60 billion JobKeeper shortfall should be spent, economists argue. Now, the headline and several lines within the article would imply that there's like a broad consensus among economists that is well documented and that it's quite obvious that these $60 billion must be spent in another way to revitalize the economy. The article cites two or three economists, and obviously these are you know pretty left-wing economists that just love to spend, uh, and they don't seem to think that it's an issue that these $60 billion are not free. <laughs> like we need to pay those back. And it's true. There was an error, you may call it. Now, the error in the $60 billion uh, shortfall was just that the government overestimated how many businesses would need this uh, kind of safety net. And that's, that's a good thing. And so it's really bizarre that what we're saying here is it turns out not too many businesses needed this money from this program. And that's a bad thing. So that's, that's, that's kind of a bizarre thing just to begin with. You'd think that you'd be happy that not too many businesses needed that money and thus you save $60 billion. But the more bizarre thing seems to be to say, okay, well, we're just going to take those $60 billion and reallocate them elsewhere. As if debt isn't a problem. As if debt doesn't have to be paid for. So I think we should just take the freaking win. I mean, for the love of God, we, we uh, allocated money and we didn't need to spend it all. So why would we? Because we're going to need to inflate our way out of it or we're going to need to tax our way out of it. And both of those are really bad options. So again, it, if you know, just kind of being an observer of politics, what will probably happen is that the $60 billion will be reallocated somewhere. But I hope not. Uh, for, for our sake and the sake of our kids, uh, that they won't have to pay back another $60 billion. Now, there's another story that was uh, pretty hysterical. So our office here at the ATA is very close to King's Cross. And King's Cross is an area that used to have a lot of nightlife. In fact, it was kind of the nightlife center of, of Australia. And then the government took a wrecking ball to that, to that economy. So there were a couple of fights that happened there, uh, drunken fights, uh, I think fights that involved uh, people that were on drugs, and there were a couple of people who died as a result of those fights. And so the government decided, you know what we're going to do, we're just going to set a, a lockout time that's really nice and early to make sure that people aren't drinking late and less people are able to die, right? The issue is these fights all happened before 9 p.m., 
and then they set the lockouts to, 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 to just make it completely not worth going out in King's Cross because people want to go out, they want to stay out late. Well, the government now of Sydney has decided that they're going to use some of our taxpayer money to revitalize nightlife in King's Cross. This is their big plan. They're really excited about it. It's a $40,000 plan. And when I read this, I didn't know what to be more offended about. The fact that they're using our taxpayer dollars to do this. The fact that they're trying to revitalize an area that they destroyed. Or the fact that they're allocating so little. Which is a bizarre sentiment, I know, on my part, working for the Australian Taxpayers Alliance. I know that I'm not supposed to want higher spending, and I don't. But $40,000 is nothing. It's nothing. I mean, what are you supposed to do with $40,000? Run a couple of Facebook ads? I mean, what, what's, what's, the, what's, the, what's the idea here? What's the goal? What do they think they're going to achieve? Probably not a lot. So offering $40,000 to King's Cross, the government offering $40,000 to King's Cross to revitalize is the equivalent of having someone burn your house down and then slip you a 20 to rebuild. It's more or less that because many businesses have had to shut down. There's been a lot of economic hardship in King's Cross. And now they think that they're going to, uh, to revitalize it with $40,000. Good luck. Uh, obviously, the best thing that they could do is just get out of the way of those business owners and the lockouts and just let them rebuild. That's literally the best thing that they could do. Doubt that they will. Uh, this is an article that I came across on news.com.au. And I thought it was just really, really just an egregious piece of, of writing. I won't even call it journalism because I don't, know, I don't know what this is. So the article is called Homeowners Urged to Sell Now as Vendors Net Prices Well Above Reserves at Sydney Auctions. All right. So what is this? This is an article that cites a bunch of real estate agents that are pushing homeowners to sell their properties right now. Now, you read the article, and the first thing that you'll probably notice is that it's riddled with hyperlinks to real estate pages of the properties that these real estate agents have sold. So the, the, the real estate agents that are being cited in the article also have a bunch of hyperlinks in this article that lead to the successful sales that they've made. Interesting. What they say is, uh, the article has a quote that says, waiting to sell could be, quote, a pricey mistake. But the housing market is terrible right now. How can you say that waiting to sell your home is, could be a pricey mistake? Clearly, what they're doing here is the, the, these real estate agents, whoever, whoever managed to, to get their advertising into news.com.au in the form of journalism, they're trying to take advantage of a bad economy to sell houses to rich people at a discount. Because one of the figures they cite, for example, which is just incredibly misleading, is they say that the prices right now, sorry, rather, more people are buying right now than just before the 2019 election. Now, that's meant to tell you, well, remember, there was relative economic stability back then. Everything was fine. That means that actually it's a really good time to sell. It's not. The reason that people weren't buying in the lead-up to the 2019 election is because people thought that labor was going to win 
and shortened promised to end negative gearing, meaning that it was going to be a lot harder for people that weren't wealthy to buy homes. So of course less people were buying. There, there was, there was, people were scared. The market was, was spooked. Uh, and now basically what they're just saying, there's another, there's another quote here that says, there's been a lot more activity this week. So many people are out there looking. I think people are worried that prices are going to shoot up, not down, as restrictions ease. The time to sell is now. Now just think about that statement for a second. A lot of people are out there trying to buy right now because they're afraid that prices are going to go up and not down. Why would this be a reason to sell? What they're saying is that the price of your home is going to go up and the people who buy homes for a living know it. And so you should sell your property instead of keeping it and selling it later when it's at a higher value. Just a really, really terrible, egregious, immoral thing uh, to put out. Needless to say, not a good time to sell. If you're thinking of selling your house, don't sell it right now. Anyway, uh, speaking of housing, Scott Morrison today, so yesterday for anyone watching this, uh, revealed plans to rescue the economy with, with cash grants for new homes. So this is a plan that he unveiled basically saying tradies and the construction sector generally has been one of the most hard hit by this whole coronavirus epidemic. And so we have a new program that's going to help assist this. Now there's two aspects to this, it seems. The full plan has not been released, so this is what we're gathering simply from the glimpse that we've gotten. But here's what it says. One aspect of it could be expanding the first home buyer's scheme. So that's the part, that's the scheme that basically says that if it's your first time buying a house, uh, you don't have to pay transfer duties. And that's really good. Uh, you really shouldn't have to pay transfer duties at all. Uh, if I sell you my house, I don't know why I have to pay the government to just make that change in names on their system. Uh, it seems pretty ridiculous. But that's actually a really, that's actually a really good uh, program. That's actually a really good step to say, uh, if you're buying your second home or your third home, you don't have to pay this transfer duty. Absolutely fantastic. On board. But then the other part of this program that ScoMo hinted at was subsidies for construction projects. And that's terrible. That's just a terrible thing to do. What they're saying, what, what ScoMo was basically saying is, I want to have some kind of grant system. I want to give money to people who are uh, remodeling homes or building new homes but I want to make sure that we're not doing what we did last time where we were, we were rebuilding these halls and these, these uh, government buildings and all that money went to big construction firms. So we want people, you know, we want to give this to people who are remodeling in their own home and ostensibly giving that money to tradies uh, to, to help them in that building. So that's interesting. One of the things that we're going to do to help the economy along is to subsidize people's remodeling. I mean, I, I was thinking of, of remodeling my kitchen, so maybe, maybe for me that's a good thing. But this is just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, another just bad use of taxpayer dollars. Not to mention that this can actually artificially put downwards pressure on housing prices. Because if this does spur a lot of building uh, of new homes, well, that's not something that's good for an economy in recovery. You want all of the, you want the housing sector uh, ostensibly to, to reach its original point. You want, you want the value to go back up. It's a very bad time to put downwards pressure 
on the market. It'd be good for renters, sure, but I mean, the people who own the houses also need to make money. Uh, so just, again, we can only hope that we're wrong. We can only hope that uh, ScoMo worded this really uh, in a very unfortunate way, but it seems like we're going to be giving some taxpayer money to people who want to remodel their homes. So that's good. We're going to finish off uh, the episode with some news on tobacco. And uh, this is something that we have been making the case for for a long, long time, which is the case against plain packaging. We said plain packaging is not going to lead to the results that the government says that it will. And of course, surprise, surprise, it turns out that we were right. So what does this, this article say? So uh, Luis Guardo Carli University in Rome and uh, Deloitte have basically finished a study that showed not only that plain packaging didn't stop people from smoking in Australia, but in fact, it had a counterproductive effect and it encouraged people to start smoking. Now, my first thought when I, when I read this, I didn't really understand how plain packaging could encourage people to smoke more. I knew that, that maybe it could be a, a step that wouldn't uh, do much. I thought that maybe it could be ineffective, but I didn't really understand how it could be that that would encourage people to smoke more. So I rang up Emily Dye, the, the policy director, and she explained it to me. What happens when you implement uh, plain packaging is that consumers start to buy based on price and not based on brand. So when you, have, when you don't have plain packaging, people are, more, uh, people are privy to buy the brand that they're used to, something that makes them feel like they're buying something nice. Uh, but with plain packaging, you'll just go for the very cheapest uh, box of Ziggy's. And once you have the cheap box of Siggies, that means that you have more money to spend on cigarettes because they're cheaper. So that actually has led uh, smokers to buy cheaper cigarettes and thus have more money for cigarettes. Not great. Apparently, the only demographic that plain packaging seems to work for uh, in terms of getting them off of cigarettes or smoking less is wealthier people, uh, which, again, the epidemic is not centered around, uh, around the wealthy. Uh, in terms of people who smoke. Uh, but on top of that, so we, ha we have obviously the, the plain packaging backfiring and causing more people to smoke. But then we shouldn't forget that on top of that, we also have uh, the excise taxes on tobacco. And those probably have led to an increase of smoking as well, severely so. Because if you can no longer afford to smoke and you're an addicted smoker, then you're going to opt possibly to start of buying black market tobacco because it's cheap. Because the reason it's cheap is, is obvious. The, the, the vast amount of, of the price of a, back, of a box of cigarettes is tax. So it's going to be really cheap for you to get black market tobacco. And once you have your hands on all of that black market tobacco, you can smoke as much as you want. It's pretty cheap. So uh, obviously, a, a failed approach to, to cigarettes and to stopping smoking in Australia by the government. I'm sure we're all completely shocked and in awe of the fact that the government tried something and it failed. Uh, I know I am. Regulations and taxes tend to always work, but you know, this one time, uh, the government got it wrong. So I think we're going to leave it there. Thank you very much for joining us for this episode of Taxed and Wasted. Please don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, on iTunes, on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Also, if you hadn't heard, this is a video podcast now. So if you're listening, make sure that you go to YouTube or Facebook to watch the video version. This has been Taxed and Wasted. We'll see you next time.